0: did you miss canty and carlin
1: the nets were not so inept offensively we'd be looking at three straight oh my god Mm -hmm. score some points for pete's sake (laughs) Kyrie's right shoot the ball ben shoot the ball Cantia Carlin, ESPN Radio, and on the ESPN app, we are presented by Progressive Insurance. We have got Thursday Night Football. We have got the Bucks and the Ravens, and it's very clear to me. And I can't believe I'm saying this. It is very clear to me this game is a whole lot more important to the Baltimore Ravens. Really? And and the primary reason is that the Tampa Bay Bucks are in the worst division in football. And even at 3-5, and they are far from dead in winning that division should they lose tonight. Meanwhile, Chris, I think the Cincinnati Bengals are coming on. They have won four out of five, and the one loss was to the Ravens. Yes, But was only by two points. I think they are figuring things out. I think the Ravens need this game to keep pace with the Cincinnati Bengals.
0: No, I'm with you on that a 1,000%. But in looking at the situation for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, it goes beyond being able to win the division. This is about contending for a championship. And I hear all of your points about the Baltimore Ravens. I still believe even if the Ravens don't win the division, they'll be in the postseason as a wild card. They're that good. They're just that talented. And Lamar Jackson is that special. With the Tampa Bay Buccaneers – I don't know that we're looking at a situation where they can form an identity that would be good enough to allow Tom Brady at 45 years old to contend for a championship. And let's face it, that's the reason why the guy came back. Now, I get it. In order to compete for a championship, you got to get to the playoffs. And so I do think it's a relatively low bar to clear because it's Brady and three backup quarterbacks in the NFC South. But at the same time, it feels like they're struggling to find an identity. And Todd Bowles, the head coach, is struggling to find his footing in terms of being able to galvanize this group and get them to respond when they're hitting adversity. And that's the thing that I want to see tonight for Tampa. They've got an opportunity with the Baltimore Ravens coming into town. Carlin, realize this. The Bucks have lost four of their last five games. Tom Brady is not used to going through stretches like that in his career. He's just not. I mean, he's on the verge of losing three straight games. The last time that happened for Tom Brady mm. was 2002. I, I, I just, this thing is spiraling for Tampa. And I fear that another loss tonight could be the thing that splinters this locker room. And I don't know that they're going to be able to get that back.
1: Well, listen, it's it's, it's more than a fair point. I, I can't argue against it. But if they're looking for their identity, it shouldn't be that hard to find. Run the football And play good defense. How are they going to run the football? They're the worst run game in the National Football League. Because they haven't tried to.
0: Carlin, 80% of their yards come through the air, which is by far the most in the NFL. But Chris, when
1: when they won the first couple of weeks of the season, why did they win? Because they play good defense and because they ran the football, it doesn't even mean that they got to go get five yards a clip running the ball. They just have to do it. Yeah, but they Carlin, have to make but, it
0: respectable. But, but, but Carlin, it's not respectable. They're averaging three yards a carry. I know that's a throwaway play. I, but so, so you they, can, should, you can't they should just three? not try to get back to it at all. No, I'm not saying that they shouldn't try to get back to it at all. Well, because they I,
1: they have completely abandoned it when they, when two thirds of the time they are throwing the ball, that's unacceptable. Well, yeah, that's unacceptable,
0: Carlin. But it's hard to get back to being able to run the football when your offensive line particularly the interior of that offensive line can't get any movement at the point of attack and that's only going to be harder tonight because you're without luke gadecki you're starting left guard so i mean now you have a backup level left guard a backup level center and a brand new player in shaq mason that's down there playing right guard i just it, it it doesn't feel like the pieces are there to establish the line of scrimmage in a way that's going to allow Tom Brady to have success.
1: Well, they've had ident- they've had uh, offensive line issues all season long, before the season even started. So, uh, listen, I get it, but you at least have to try to find a way to make the opponent respect it. But that's not even the biggest part of it. The biggest hmm. part of it is getting back to being the defensive team that you were the first couple of weeks of the year. Chris, Which is you- a surprise, Colin, because you have a defensive-minded head coach. Yes, and they I don't know what's happened. I don't know if it's having four or five massive plays that have just gone against you that you've got bad assignments on, or or, or you missed assignments, things like that. I don't know what it is. You can answer that better than me. But what I have seen is a team that defensively does not resemble in the least the team I saw in Dallas week one.
0: And the last time I checked, the personnel is pretty close to the same. Well, the personnel ain't going to be the same tonight because Tampa is limping into this game on the back end of that defense. No Antoine Winfield Jr., yep. no Carlton Davis, no Sean murphy like, Bunny. He's out. Three-fourths of your secondary is gone. That That's not going to be easy, especially dealing with Rashad Bateman now being back, second game from injury, Mark Andrews, and Devin DuVernay. Th- that's going to be a problem in terms of them being able to keep all of those guys in check in the passing game. So that's what makes tonight's game fascinating because I do agree that I would probably say Baltimore needs to have more urgency because they've got competition in their division. But from a chemistry standpoint, I don't know that this Bucks team can handle another loss and be able to bounce back at a level where we can then say that this is a true title contender.
1: It's Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio and on the ESPN app. Listen to Dan Graziano from this morning, ESPN NFL Insider. He was on with Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max. And how the Bucks just basically need... Something good to happen psychologically. The Bucks need something good to happen because it's starting to get away from them. It just feels bad around that team. Every everything that felt good for the last couple of years about them, it just seems to have dried up. And and um, yeah, I, I think they could, for their own sake, they could use. It. I don't think they're going to get it. Uh, the, the injury list, the list of guys that are out, especially on defense, is unbelievable. Now I have seen teams like this, the teams that seemingly on all levels of football seemingly cannot get out of their own way for a few weeks mm-hmm. and have that mentality of something's going to go wrong. But then when something finally goes right in an important situation, be it luck or whatever, they can get it turned around quickly. They can do that. Now I'm not going to argue with the fact that the Bucks have the injuries that they have, especially on defense tonight. Yeah. So it's going to be hard for that to happen. Sure. But if you can get a couple of things to go your way, don't you think, considering who the quarterback is, that would be a team that should not have all that much difficulty restoring some confidence in what they're doing?
0: Those things have to happen tonight, though, Carlin. Yeah. I, I, or next I, game or two. I, I,
1: Listen, I, I, I the only reason to, I struggle
0: I struggle say- to see the path to victory for Tampa tonight. And I know we'll get into sure. the odds and the ends, the X's and <laughs> O's later on in the show. But I struggle to see the path to victory for Tampa tonight. We know they've had offensive line issues, they don't have a lot of balance. So essentially, the Ravens' defensive front is coming into this game, playing the run on the way to the quarterback. And oh, by the way, the Ravens' defense had the most sacks that they've had on, in any game. This season, last week against the Cleveland Browns, you're talking about Justin Houston, Calais Campbell, and JPP J-J-P-P all getting on the board last week. All of those guys, career-wise, have over 90 sacks. That's the group that's coming in there to rush against a shaky offensive line and a quarterback that's a statue in the pocket. Doesn't necessarily instill a lot of confidence that this is going to be the game that the Bucks' offense gets it turned around. Listen.
1: I think they are ex- exceptionally fortunate with the fact that they are in the NFC South. Because, I agree. Because I agree. Even if it doesn't happen tonight, and this is why I said it's more important for the Ravens because I think the bigger picture for the Ravens is uh, di- more difficult to navigate through in the AFC. Mm-hmm. For the Bucks, it's win the division or don't go to the playoffs. And they'll be three and five, and a half game out of first place before Sunday. Yeah, they'll be 3-5, and five, but after this, you got the
0: Los Angeles Rams and the Seattle Seahawks I, I, before your bye week.
1: I know. All I'm saying, though, <laughs> is in the moment, you are not dead. You can still continue to look. I would agree, the sooner that this happens, the better. Whew. The sooner this happens, the better. I, yeah, I, I don't I'm disagree just going to say
0: this. I mean, you, you keep piling on these losses, man. Eventually, the guys in the locker room are going to start talking about vacation plans and shipping cars home. I don't give a damn to Tom Brady's under center. They're going to look around and say, we ain't got it this year. Guys are going to start making business decisions, looking at their contract. That's the one. All of those (laughs) different things start to creep into guys' minds when you're not having success on the field. And that's when it takes a strong head coach to be able to keep everybody focused on the task at hand to set the agenda for the squad. And I just don't get that vibe from Todd Bowles right now. We'll go inside that locker room in
1: just 40 seconds. First, though, Football season is heating up and nothing beats seeing your favorite team live. Not only does Vivid Seats have great NFL ticket prices, they're also the official ticketing partner of ESPN. And with Vivid Seats rewards, when you buy 10 tickets, you get the 11th, for free. Download the app or visit vividseats.com today. Vivid Seats. Life happens live. Receive a reward credit equal to the average price of the 10 tickets purchased, excluding taxes, fees and processing costs. See slash rewards for terms and conditions.
0: Tom Brady should have stayed his ass at home. It just is body language and
2: how you looked at the podium guy who looks somewhat defeated. We just have not played well. It doesn't matter if you don't execute your job well, then it doesn't matter who's on the other side.
1: So it is Bucks and Ravens tonight. It's Canty and Carlin on ESPN radio and on the ESPN app. We are presented by progressive insurance. We head down to Tampa right now to welcome in Jenna Lane, ESPN NFL nation reporter, covering the bucks Jenna we appreciate the time how you doing
2: doing well how are you guys doing
1: we're doing great and i think we're doing better than the bucks are right now so that's kind of my first question take us inside that locker room what is the mentality in that locker room right now is it beaten down like it looks from the outside or is it still a relatively optimistic group
2: it's interesting because i've kind of gotten mixed signals which i guess that's to be expected when you have a large group of, of people all in one place, and they tend to process things differently. And in their case, it's dropping four out of the last five games. I, I talked to a few of the guys along their defensive fronts, Will Golston, Raheem Nunez-Roches, and also outside linebacker Shaq Barrett. And in talking to those guys, you can tell there's this no-quit mentality for them but it also stems from the fact that they come from really difficult backgrounds. All three of them, you know, Will Golson told me, look, I, I come from Detroit, is but I've come from a third world country. Shaq Barrett, he had a tough upbringing. And so for them, kind of the, the overarching theme in talking to them was giving up for us. Isn't an option. It never was an option. That's, that's how we got here. But then like when I talked to cornerback to Dean and I asked him, do you, do you get the sense that, that guys are checking out? And he said, you know, we just need to play for each other and not be selfish. And I said, are you guys playing for each other? And usually with winning teams, that is something you hear quite often. Yes. And and I think if this was a team that that really was in sync and playing in unison, I think he would have said very definitively, yes. But no, the answer that he gave me was actually, will he? So that to me was very telling. That suggests that – guys are are still pretty locked in but at the same time they're starting to look around and they're starting to wonder are the guys around me all in are they all are they all in the way that i am and and i think if these losses continue to mount you're going to see more of that
0: wow um that that's the headline jenna Mm -hmm. i'm i'm shocked to hear that as a former player when you have a guy in that locker room that doesn't know whether or not guys are all in on playing for each other that that's telling from jamel dean's comments but Jenna, we know the short week doesn't help when it comes to guys recovering from injuries, being banged up. What's the latest on the Bucks injury front coming into the game tonight?
2: They were really hoping that they could get defensive lineman Akeem Hicks back. He's been missing for several weeks now with a foot injury. And when you pair him with Vita Vea, that defense, that defensive front looks a lot different. Actually, Harold Goodwin um, – their their offensive line coach and also their run game coordinator he had joked that it's like trying to stop a a a motor home a moving motor home when you've got Vea and Hicks together so that that's changed the way they're able to attack teams up front not having him but also Logan Ryan who I don't think people really realize how much not having him out there has hurt them. He has a foot injury. They put him on IR. He underwent surgery last week. But he may be one of the smartest players they have on defense, and, and he's a 10-year veteran. And they had him on the back end as a safety, and I, I really think he was one of the best communicators that they had back there. Obviously, you, you lose a step or two when you get older. That's just part of the aging process. But, but he's one of their best communicators, and so I think not having him hurts them there. And then not having their top cornerback in Carlton Davis, who signed a really big contract this offseason, that hurts them. I think he really gives them this great sense of confidence when they're out there. Sean Murphy Bunting is their, their top reserve cornerback, and he's still dealing with a quad injury. He was trying to make it back, and he's running now, but he's just not ready to – he wasn't ready to practice this week. And then Antoine Winfield Jr., maybe one of their most dynamic playmakers, he made a transition – full time into the nickelback role. He'll still he'll still play some safety, but by moving to nickelback, it's allowed him to be around the ball a lot more and he's able to make a lot more plays and affect a lot more areas of the defense and he's still in the concussion protocol. And that's one loss. You just really can't replace that guy. But with all the names that I've kind of rattled off, when when guys are, are getting injured, I've seen it more and more. There's more communication breakdowns, there's there's more uh coverage busts, there's there's been, you know, less gap integrity with the team you know there's been missed tackles because guys are out of place and you know the one thing and i actually said this on fourth center earlier to jay harris i'm like look you know they can they can't use injuries as an excuse because they lost to a pittsburgh steelers team that they were missing their top three cornerbacks and nika fitzpatrick and tj watt and they lost their starting quarter quarterback a rookie Kenny Pickett in the beginning of the game and one with Mitch Trubisky. There are no excuses in the NFL. Nobody cares about the injuries that you have.
1: Jenna Lane, ESPN NFL Nation reporter covering the Bucks, really bringing some great perspective here on the Bucks and the Ravens tonight. It's Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio. Jenna, given how everything has played out here with Tom Brady through training camp, through the early part of the season, Do you get the sense that he is viewed by his teammates the same way he always has been?
2: I think so, because I think people recognize that there's so much more going on around him. For instance, we talked all through training camp about the big four, the receiving core that they had. You know, they didn't have Antonio Brown anymore, but they replaced him with Russell Gage, and then they they brought in Julio Jones to kind of help replace Rob Gronkowski's production in the passing game, different position, but still very productive players. And I actually went through and I thought this was a mistake. I even reached out to our stats and info department, the wonderful group, by the way. And I said, there's no way this can be that that Julio Jones, Russell Gage, Mike Evans and Chris Godwin have only been all on the field together for four snaps like this can't be real. And and I reached out to them and sure enough, it was true. Now I get like 10 personnel is not like unless you're the Arizona Cardinals, it's not it's not something that teams do a ton of but it was something this team talked about doing a lot of and the fact that we just haven't seen these four receiver sets because they just can't get these guys on the field healthy gage is going to be out tonight with a hamstring injury julio jones is questionable with a knee injury he hasn't played since week four and then you throw in their struggles and in their interior protection particularly their left guard position with luke gedeke which he's not only making the transition from being a college right tackle to, to playing guard, but a lot of guys do that. But he's making a transition for moving from right to left. And for him, that has been very big. Just, he feels like he's doing everything backwards. So it has not been an easy transition for him. Uh, he doesn't look very natural at that position. He's actually going to miss tonight, though. They had started rotating him last week in with – Nick Leverett, who's a backup, they started rotating them every two series. I didn't think that was a great idea myself because I think you need to give guys a chance to see how defenses are attacking them. and You know, I think offensive lines need to be all on the same page, and it's difficult to do that when you're bringing guys in and out. But they're just at this point trying to do anything. Well, he suffered a foot injury, so now Nick Leverett's going to get the start tonight, and and we'll see how he fares. But we know, everybody knows. I mean, it's, it's been known for 20 years now. Tom Brady does not like interior pressure. And he is getting so much interior pressure. And, you know, I I don't necessarily think he's taking a ton more hits, although we do see him get roughed up a little bit. But you can tell he is not stepping into his throws with the same level of confidence. It's very telling to me as well that, you know, when they're doing these handoffs to these running backs, whether it's Rashad Wright or or Leonard Fournette in the backfield, those guys are getting clobbered in the backfield. The number of negative plays they've had or plays where they're just completely stuffed it's it's been very eye-opening to watch so while i get that it it might be convenient for people to say it's on tom brady he's not as focused i think he's just as locked in even with some of the reports about his personal life which you know we're we're not getting into that but it's so much more i think it's beyond just brady the guys around him have to step up and play better and they got to get those guys healthy too
1: jenna great stuff we appreciate it thanks so much
2: great talking to you guys
1: Jenna Lane, ESPN NFL Nation reporter, covering the Bucks. I mean, that, that first answer about guys looking at each other, wondering if we're all still playing together. Oof, we're all still playing for each other. It's Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio, and on the ESPN app, you can be a part of Canty and Carlin Nation on the Dr. Pepper call-in line. Call us at 888-SAY-ESPN, eight 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 seven two nine three seven seven six. 3776 ESPN Nation is presented by Dr. Pepper. It ain't college football season without the delicious taste of an ice-cold Dr. Pepper the one fans deserve. Does this game mean more to the Ravens tonight? Or the Buccaneers, 888-SAY-ESPN. Lines are open. Hit us now at 888-729-3776. Also on the way, a trade was made in the NFL today, and one of our colleagues thinks it's the difference between one player going from a bust to having a bust in Canton. That's next. ESPN Radio passion drive and patience the formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive your money back because with ebay motors you're burning rubber not cash with all the parts you need at the prices you want it's easy to make your car the mvp and bring home huge wins keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com eligible items only exclusions apply this podcast is proud to be supported by jets pizza the number one pick in detroit style pizza why it's simple
2: Must be 21-plus and present in select states.
1: Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details.
0: Did you miss Canty and Carlin?
1: Chiefs went out and made a move that is a very, very interesting move for that team. It's Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio, presented by Progressive Insurance. Save when you bundle motorcycle RV and Boat Insurance. Visit Progressive.com. Earlier today, they acquired Kadarius Toney, the wide receiver from the Giants, for a conditional third-round pick and a sixth-round pick. Now, Tony has basically not been on the field nearly enough. He has missed half of his NFL games. He's only played 12 uh, of the 24 games. He had COVID last year. He had uh, hamstring issues, all kinds of problems. And then There's been some issues with him from, uh, I guess, I guess you could say attitude standpoint, you know, where he is. That's being polite. Yeah. I'm just, (laughs) I'm trying to be fair. Where he has been kind of a pain in the butt so far to deal with. And it's very clear that Brian Dable and Joe Shane are sending a message right away that this is not going to be tolerated here. I I think from a chief standpoint, this is an excellent move Hmm. because it's, it's low risk. I mean, yes, a conditional third-round pick is something. but And a six-round pick. And a six-round pick, okay. But I, I, I look at this as somebody with an immense amount of talent that if the Chiefs can harness it and they're not afraid to take chances on guys who have been pains before, uh, it would be something to watch in that offense.
0: Well, this move does come with some rich risk attached to it now. You're talking about a guy in his second season that's caught – 41 passes mm-hmm. for 420 yards and no touchdowns. So we're basically projecting what this guy could be off of what he did at the University of Florida. Not based on anything we've seen in the national football Well, but league.
1: there are times where we've seen there is some extra electricity to him if he can get into the open field.
0: Well, he's he's got some juice to him. Yeah. He's got juice to him, Carlin. And, you know, based on his skill set, he brings a lot of the elements that we saw – with Tyreek Hill in this offense. Now, I'm not talking about the deep speed, but when you start thinking about the jet sweeps, the reverses, uh, some of the gadget plays, Kadarius Toney majors in those things. And so it, it makes sense in terms of being able to add another versatile piece to this offense. And with players that have had some character issues, Andy Reid has done a good job of being able to work around that stuff and reach them in a way that other coaches haven't. Think about Tyreek Hill. Mm -hmm. The reason why he was a fifth-round draft pick is because he had issues coming out of Oklahoma State. They were able to get some of that stuff cleaned up. Although he had his problems out in KC, they were able to still have him as a productive member of that team. So, you know, it, it could be that similar situation. I do think there's more potential for this to work out than not in Kansas City. And if we're evaluating the trade, I think this is one of those rare instances where it could be a win-win for both parties
1: okay so is it safe to say that we kind of like the trade for both sides
0: yeah we do because based on the things that i've heard from the new york Giants side of things this was a player that um they could rely on when he was in the building to do the work but once he left the building they didn't trust him not only from a work ethic standpoint in terms of investing the time and studying and honing in on his craft but also with some off-color commentary on social media about playing time, amongst other things. And it just it just didn't seem like a guy that was going to be a culture fit for Joe Shane and Brian Dable. And, and so just, I think just this, not
1: making smart decisions.
0: Well, too, yeah, right? yeah, yeah, but what, what, I, what I wanted to say was that I think it's a situation where this regime gets to send a message to everybody else that's on the team mm-hmm. that this type of behavior is not going to be tom- tolerated. If you have an issue about how you're being used or playing time, you come to them, you don't put those grievances on social media and make it out there for public consumption because you create a lot of unnecessary noise that everybody else in the building has to answer for. So I think this is one of those moves where you can say, Brian Dable, Joe Shane, they're putting their stamp on this team and what this culture is going to be moving forward.
1: Well, on the flip side of it, Barton Hahn were on uh, just before us, as they always are, each day from 12 to 3 Eastern time on ESPN Radio. Here was their reaction to Kadarius Tony going to the Chiefs. If he played, uh, he's a
0: yak guy, right? He's if definitely he, a yak guy. No, but he can. He, he's like Tyreek to too. He's fast as hell too. He's like he's Tyreek Hill. I swear he's Tyreek. Oh, so Hill. you could just send him. He's Tyre, He's Tyreek Hill. So, But Andy Reid's getting them. He's getting them on discount. But maybe they also know a little something yeah, he's about Yeah, get, he's getting them on discount. And if anybody can pull it out, environment matters. I agree. So now you're planting a seed. This dude going to grow up to be Jack jacking a stock, And it's going to be <laughs> nothing but golden um, beans <laughs> falling down. Dude might mess around. He might mess This move might put him in the Hall of Fame. Andy Reid might make this dude a Hall of Famer. Okay, part. <laughs> I, I love Bart because we can go
1: zero to 60 in two seconds yeah, and may put him in a Hall of Fame. We can like but, it, but we don't have to
0: sensationalize it, right?
1: I don't even think, but, but knowing Bart, that's not in his mind sensationalizing it because Bart's thinking about the electric nature that he does possess.
0: It's but you got to be we, we on have, the
1: damn field. Yes. You got to be on a deal. You got to be healthy. Exactly. And we haven't seen it enough. He missed seven games last year? He's missed, what, four games this year? We haven't seen you gotta it. you got to be healthy. And we haven't seen it nearly enough consistently from him. In fact, we've never seen it consistently That's from my him. point. What yeah. we're
0: projecting is based on what we thought he was coming out of Florida and a few flash, splash plays that he's had with the Giants in his rookie year. It ain't been nothing this season. He's had two catches for no
1: yards this year. For the Giants, this is addition by subtraction because they, they, they send that message and... Any possible issues that Kadarius Tony could cause, he's now gone. He's out of the mix there. And for Kadarius Tony, this couldn't be a better situation for you to walk into. Because to me, it's almost like it's, it's great for him, yeah. but there's also a ton of pressure on him. Because to me, if you don't make this work, it's you, bro. It's yeah. nobody else. Make sure you understand that. You right now are playing with the best quarterback in the NFL.
0: Yeah, but, but like I said before, there is risk attached to it, but Kansas City can afford to take the risk because of the draft capital they were able to get in the Tyreek Hill trade. Think about this. Kansas City still, with the Kadarius-Tony trade, in 2023, they've got a first-round pick, a second-round pick, a third-round pick, two fourth-round picks, a fifth-round pick, a sixth-round pick, and a seventh-round pick. So They're think about fine. All of that, they gave up two draft picks for Kadarius-Tony. And they still have a a plethora of picks to work with. They weren't going to use all of those picks in the draft anyway. So it makes sense to take a flyer on a guy like KT. If it works out, great. But like you said, if it doesn't, this is probably his last bet shot at being able to make something of his NFL career. Yeah, to me, you should be happy that you're going there. Don't screw it up. It didn't work out for the last failed first-round pick from the New York Giants going to Kansas City, though. Let's just say that. Different circumstance with DeAndre Baker, but it didn't work out. No. No, you can get yourself out of the league very
1: quickly. Yeah, I was about to say, where is DeAndre Baker now? Uh, Is he on a practice squad somewhere? Is he? I don't even know. Is he? That's the the point. Yeah. What we're saying is the point. We don't have an answer. Exactly. Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio, and on the ESPN app. My friends, we are just getting the ball rolling on a jam-packed show with some Thursday Night Football. And up next, we are going to tell you who the happiest guy in all of New York is. It's generally it's me, but it's not me today. Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio.
0: Do you miss Canty and Carlin?
1: So it was a little alarming last night. I woke up, I would say this morning at probably about 4.30. And I was like, oh, that was weird. You just wake up from a weird dream, right? Yeah. I dreamt last night, no joke here, I swear, that Aaron Rodgers moved next door to me. What? That Aaron Rodgers moved right next door to me. Which, the first question
0: would be, you're moving into this neighborhood? Secondly. (laughs) First of all, that's not a dream. That's a nightmare. That's not a dream. That is absolutely a nightmare.
1: (laughs) And and I just remember thinking, like,
0: all I could think to myself was, all right, I've been
1: destroying this guy. How am I going to handle this? How's this going to go? Yeah. Am I going to get the, you know, am I going to get the ugly neighbor treatment, you know, with the...
0: The house getting egged, stuff like that. How? Uh, oh, he's going to report you to the HOA, the community board, all of those people. Oh, he's one of those guys. He's one of those types of neighbors. Yeah. Like if I well, think about if, it, if I he's going pointing, to the community think about pool it. without any flip flops. Well, think about it this way, Carlin. He's pointing the finger of blame at everybody else but himself. If he's doing that to his teammates, you don't think he's going to point at his neighbor and say, "Hey, you need to take better care of your lawn," or "Hey." Ain't it about time you get a fresh coat of paint on your house? Like, Aaron Rodgers is one of those types of dudes. Hey, you got a garage for a reason, fatty. Park your car in it. It's not a storage unit. <laughs> He's that neighbor. He is, huh? No
1: I, question. I, all I can picture is, you know, a bunch of people in his backyard on, on ayahuasca. Oh, yeah. They're just all unaware spi- of what's on a, going a spiritual on. spiritual journey. And the next thing they know, they're thinking my basketball pole is like, Something they should be praying to.
0: Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah. Aaron Rodgers and Blue Earth leading the charge. Oh my God. I could absolutely see that doing yoga in the front yard. Aaron Rodgers, the neighbor. Mr. So you, Rogers neighborhood. Let me they ask Would you turn this. into Mr. Rogers neighborhood if he did move in there? <laughs> would
1: would he would he be the uh, like the president of the Homeowners Association making everybody's life miserable? Oh, yeah, because he feels
0: like he knows better than or you do. Oh, would he
1: be the guy leading the revolt no, no, against no, no, that No, 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 no.
0: He feels like he knows better than you do when it comes to your own house. Have, like you he, ever,
1: have you ever had a bad neighbor? Yes. What was
0: the it's worst? Not, it's not a good experience. It's I do not. I don't want to get into it, but, okay. I mean, it's just like, I, I, I'll put it to you this way. It's a combination of Sam Jackson and Lakeview Terrace. And Michael Keaton in Pacific Heights, <laughs> like like that's that's what you're talking like that that's the kind of neighbor that I imagine Aaron Rodgers being. Not only is he talking about his high, high your house, but he's telling you how you should live your life. He's gonna be he's gonna be the guy standing in his window
1: staring at me for an hour. Yeah. Well, we were robbed on the parlay last. Eh, not robbed. No, we were robbed. It's we because robbed. the nets. The Nets can't play. They didn't play any offense last night.
0: Well, here's the thing. The problem has been the defense, not the offense, right? Which is why we were playing the over. Exactly. And they didn't uphold their part of the bargain. Like, score some damn points. Yeah.
1: I mean, but that's my issue. The the over-under last night was 233 or 230 and a half. Mm. And we didn't get close. Like, I, yeah. I, I looked at that at halftime. I said, I knew we were dead in the water. And I, I didn't think we were dead in the water on the bucks. I knew they'd come back and win. Yeah. And we certainly weren't dead in the water on over rebounds for Drew Holiday. He had that in the first half. We are fine there. <laughs> so that wasn't an issue at all. Yeah. But I did get I, – I, once again, it's been confirmed for me hmm. that just following the Nets this season is going to be – remarkable entertainment
0: oh no doubt it's
1: spectacular it really is Mm -hmm. because last night Kyrie Irving actually on the floor audibly to the television microphones screamed at Ben Simmons as he gave him the ball in the lane
0: shoot the ball Ben shoot it Ben Shoot it. It was in the third quarter. And, Carlin, when he got the ball, it, oh. Ben Simmons didn't even look at the rim. He turned his back to it the was, rim. It was almost as if he was playing hot potato <laughs> with the basketball he, and said, I, I, I don't know what to do with the ball in the restricted area. Let me get it out of my hands. Oh, thank God Kevin Durant's right here. He passes it to KD, and he knocks down the open jumper. But here's the thing, Carlin. It's shades of what we saw in the playoffs with Matisse Theibel. Yeah. When Ben Simmons has a wide-open dunk, and rather than doing that, let me just play hot potato with Matisse Thybulle and let him shoot it. And it was, it was like, why are you passing on these opportunities? Carlin, the guy only took seven shots in 34 minutes of gameplay. How is that even acceptable for a player that handles the ball as much as he does? Well, here's Kyrie after the game
1: on the situation with
0: Ben. If we're going to come in and be honest as a team – I'm. I'm not trying to just be critical over what Ben's done right or done wrong every single night. He's a basketball player. He's a professional. He has the skills to be a great professional. Um, he's done it in the past, and he hasn't played in two years. So you guys keep coming here asking me like, "What about Ben? What about Ben?" And it's just he hasn't played in two years. Give him. Give him a f- chance. You know what I mean? We stay on his. Sh-. Stay on. I wish I could say other words because I'm from Jersey, but we, think we stay <laughs> on him, and. Uh, <laughs> Like, you just stay on him, and and we're just here to give him positive affirmations uh, while he's out there, and just let him hoop. Can I say this? Yeah. How happy is Kyrie Irving that Ben Simmons is taking the brunt of all the attention and criticism? Oh, yeah. Kyrie's the, the, the last two years has been Kyrie not being vaccinated, the flat earth stuff, and and not being available for the team, and how he's upset, and... Kyrie right now could set it's, the Barclays
1: Center on fire and they would ask him about Ben. Exactly.
0: <laughs> like, it's just like, take, take all of this heat off of me, Ben. Put the microscope on you, and then I'll come to your rescue. I'll defend you. Kyrie playing Captain saving with Ben Simmons. But here's the deal, Carlin. Through the first four games, Ben Simmons has taken 20 shots, 18 fouls, and 13 turnovers. Yeah. I'm pretty sure that's not what they envision when Sean Marks traded for him from the Sixers, and well, I'll say this, this is not the Ben
1: Simmons we saw with the Sixers.
0: No, but I will say this: when reevaluating that trade now, based on how James Harden looks and how he's coming to the season versus mm-hmm. what we're seeing from Ben Simmons, it feels like Philly fleeced the Brooklyn. The Nets. Sixers
1: knew what they were doing. It feels like I, Philly fleeced I mean, the Brooklyn. I, Nets. I mean, they rode that out <laughs> knowing what Ben Simmons was and what the situation was. And you have to give Daryl Morey all the credit in the world for sitting and waiting on that to happen eventually. Yeah, because he got his guy. Now, having said that, with Simmons right now, it it looks to me like we have we have somebody that has the yips or a mental block to himself, mm. and it's affecting the rest of his game. That's where the problem is. If Ben could could find some comfort. In being the guy that doesn't have to score or doesn't have to do all that other, uh, do all the offensive stuff, but could just be the guy that distributes, the guy that defends, the guy that rebounds, which is, those are all things that the Nets want him to do. They don't need him to go out and score 25. They need him to occasionally be able to score. But that's
0: the point, though. Everybody already knows he's offensively challenged. But he's not comfortable basketball. with it. Well, he has, to, he I has know. to get comfortable with it. They can't play 4-on-5 on offense.
1: Chris, you watch him right now. Do you think that's a guy with a mental block on this? No, he, he absolutely has a block. Yes, that He's got to issue. find a way to work past it. He has to not let that part of this situation from the last couple of years affect the rest of his game. Because otherwise,
0: he is of no use to them. So. So when you say that, are you talking about the mental health issues that he's no. raised, in, raised in Philly? No. I mean, if it, okay, you're not talking about that. No,
1: I, I think they're completely separate. Okay. We, when we talk about a mental block for an athlete, we're talking about when Steve Sachs couldn't throw the ball to first, first base. Gotcha. Chuck Knobloch. Yeah. Nubloch, yeah. Um, things like that. Sure. Um, I think that's what we're seeing right now with Simmons.
0: Well, and he's got, he's think, got to figure that out, though, Carlin, because right. if he doesn't, there's a relatively low ceiling for the Brooklyn Nets. And I get that he's distributed in the basketball well. He's got 30 assists through the first four games. So good on him for that. But you've got to be able to defend. In order to defend, you've got to be on the court. He's fouled out in two of the first four games.
1: Yeah, but th- this is what I'm saying. It's affecting his game in its entirety. Yeah. He is completely, in the moment, psyched out. and yeah. And that— Mental block is the issue. I think it's very fixable that he can get back to being the player that does everything else. One other thing, too, if we're talking about the shooting thing, uh, Jalen was on with Stephen A during the Stephen A cast last night and said he still believes that he is shooting with the wrong hand. And I think that's true. Because he does everything else so well with the threat. Well, I don't
0: need him to shoot. I mean, he needs to be able to go after the basket when he's in the restricted area. Yeah. That's the problem. Like, if you get the ball five feet or less, I don't care which hand you use, shoot the damn ball. You have to at least be a threat to do that. Otherwise, your offense will have problems. Check out
2: Canty and Carlin weekdays on ESPN radio and on ESPN plus.